0: roll call president kimberly brandon here commissioner stephen lee here commissioner ed harrington here vice president gail gilman and commissioner willie adams are absent today the san francisco port commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the ramatushaloni who are the original inhabitants of the san francisco peninsula as the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions the ramatushaloni have never ceded lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. We recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatosh community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Item 2 is approval of minutes for the February 6, 2024 Port Commission Meeting.
1: I move approval. Second.
2: We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? The motion passes unanimously. The minutes of the February 6, 2024
0: meeting are adopted. Item three is public comment on executive session.
2: We will now take public comment on any items not listed on the agenda. Seeing none in the room, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: There are no callers for public comment at this time. For callers on the line, please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment.
2: Do we have anyone on the line?
3: There are no callers for public comment. Thanks, Thank President. you, Thank
2: um, you. Public comment is closed. Next item, please.
0: Item four is executive session. There is one item, conference with legal counsel and real property negotiator as agendized.
4: I move we go into executive session.
1: Second.
2: We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? The motion passes.
3: Gov San Francisco Government Television
2: All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. We are now in open session.
0: Item six is Pledge of Allegiance.
2: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: item 7 is announcements please be advised that the ringing of and use of cell phones and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting a member of the public has up to three minutes to make public comments on each agenda item unless the port commission adopts a shorter period on any item public comment must be in respect to the current agenda item the commission will take in person and remote public comments on each item beginning commenters in person. For remote public comment dial 1-415-655-0001 and enter access code 2664-568-6029 pound pound then dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment on the item being discussed. An audio prompt will signal when it is your turn to speak. If you are watching this meeting on SFGov TV, there is a short broadcasting delay. To not miss your chance to comment. Please dial when the item you want to comment on is announced, mute your device, and listen to the meeting from your telephone, which has no delay. Item 8 is public comment on items not listed on the agenda.
2: Is there any public comment on items not listed on the agenda? Seeing none, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: yes we have two callers for public comment
2: please open the first line
3: opening the first line please go ahead
6: good afternoon president brandon vice president gilman and commissioners this is pete sitnik calling in managing partner at water bar and epic state and possible Proposed tenant for Pier 33 and a half. Uh, I'm calling in today to voice my concerns with regards to a a brand new uh, ordinance or uh, advisement for the limitation of propane heaters for port property for outside patio dining, the, 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 um, what's been relayed to us is that each business is only allowed to have five propane tanks, whether they're full or empty on property, uh, and that's with no regards to any square footage uh, consideration for outdoor dining space. Uh, and if you look at the, the combined square footage of outdoor dining space at Water Bar and Epic, we have about uh, 5,000 square feet, and uh, the limitation of, of five heaters per business is not going to be enough to cover that space to warrant dining outside in a comfortable and enjoyable fashion for patrons. So, I'm voicing my concern and really objection to you know such a stringent uh, ordinance at a time when we're trying to encourage uh, the public activation of port property and outdoor dining spaces and really for the overall activation of San Francisco as a city. I think that this is uh, going to be very restrictive. It's going to it's going to limit the amount of outdoor dining and revenue potential that it would have and uh, it's also uh, an ordinance that has really kind of come up on a sort of blindsided without any um, real discussion around it Um, and i believe that it's supposed to take place as of march first which we were given the uh, proposal or the the language last week, which is you know, really 10 days, which in my humble opinion is not enough time to strategically plan for any alternatives, whether those are electric heaters or, or plumbed in gas heating. So I'm just letting you know that as a, uh, I'm a concerned business owner, that this is gonna be uh, restrictive to us doing business on port property, and uh, if somebody wants to take a look at it or follow up with me, please feel free to get back in touch. Um, Thank you very much for your time and consideration and just your your opinions. Thank
2: Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Next caller, please.
3: Opening the next caller.
5: Um, Hello, Commissioners. I recently visited San Francisco from New York. Uh, I used to live there, and I go there often. And I am asking you to enforce your uh, vendor code along Jefferson Street on Fisherman's Wharf, particularly by the cannery. I stayed at the Argonaut Hotel for four days. And having been a street artist myself many years ago in San Francisco, I'm more than familiar with, with the program and the rules and the fact that it should be handmade, handmade artwork. And so uh, there's an Asian man who sets up five stands uh, in, directly in front of the cannery. And he sells counterfeit scarves. This. He recognized me uh, I recognized him though I don't know his name he has been there many years uh, selling uh, counterfeit items with a street artist permit and um, I it, but by your rule that is a performer space and he even though he has a street artist permit he would be considered an unlicensed uh, permitted person and I'm asking support to uh go over there and have a look around uh he pretty much monopolized that entire area which is very profitable um he at times i saw seven stands over there he's allowed to have one uh the arts commission has done no monitoring no enforcement for well over seven years they issue the permits automatically and um I would implore uh, you to um, do some enforcement in that area. Uh, as a visitor now, it it was shocking for me to see that. And I know it's gone on for many, many years. So that's it. Can,
2: can, you, so please, can you please state your name?
5: I'd rather not. I'd rather be anonymous, to be honest with you. Okay. I feel safe, that right?
2: OK. Thank you for your call. Are there any other callers on the line?
3: No other public comment callers.
2: Thank you. With that public comment is closed. Uh, Director Forbes, can you please follow up with Mr. Sitnik?
7: Yes, I will do so, Madam President. Thank you.
2: And I'm not quite sure how to follow up with the anonymous caller, but can we look into the street vending? I will do. Thank you. Next
0: item, please. Item 9A is the executive director's report. For callers who wish to make public comments on this item, please dial star three to raise your hand to comment.
7: Good afternoon, President Brandon, members of the commission, um, members of port staff and public. I'm Elaine Forbes, the port's executive director. I'd like to start with economic recovery. The third Wednesday in February is Ports Day in San Francisco. And it was Ports Day's last week. And I was very, very inspired on in what I saw about potential for the state's commitment to make serious investments in our port. Um, and I was always also really inspired about how the uh, 11 Association of Port Authorities at CAPA is really getting stronger and strategic as a port-wide um, organization. And that really means big, good things for offshore wind and so it was an incredibly inspiring day for us. I um, It was sold out, Ports Day in Sacramento. Um, it, it's, it's been a growing event, um, but it's growing in terms of, it, of interest and impact. And we've asked for a larger venue so the port commissioners can go with us next year and we can bring commissioners into these events and um, really continue to see what we can do as... Um, uh, what would you say, aligned or leveraged partnerships in the state and how we can invest in our future. Because if the ports lose our share, uh, the e- economics of the state will um, will suffer. So I want to thank Boris Delapine, um, who is our Government Affairs Director and um Also, Dominic Moreno, the Deputy Director of Maritime, they came uh, and staffed the day and had really uh, great uh, uh, lobbying experiences with uh, legislatures all across the state. And on to more information on sold-out events. Uh, The port's waterfront resilience efforts were a big success. We had our first community kickoff meeting last night at South Beach Mission Bay. Um, There were 75-plus attendees. The bad news is four people could not get in, uh, but they will be going to other events, uh, but it just shows how proud we should be of the team that got the word out on this. Um, So the port and Army Corps representatives were there. It was really Brad and um, our Resilience Director and uh, Chief Brian Harper, who has been such a a great partner to us from the Army Corps, tag teaming the presentation and asking really interesting questions. As you know, the outreach will continue uh, through February 29th. Uh, So please continue to engage in the plan uh, with us. On the topic of equity, we had an amazing uh, trades career fair on February the 13th. It was held in our Pier 50 facility. And um, the maintenance shops in prepared um, inter- interactive sh- um, demonstrations for the students to come through and see what it looks like in the various crafts and what the shops do. Really to teach and inspire people to consider careers in the trades and see what an impact our work does to our city and our infrastructure and so it was really an excellent day and other city departments are coming next year so I imagine there will be a continued event and there was just a lot of teamwork and it was a very good day for us <clears throat> um, so I wanted to tell my own equity story uh, today because I have one to tell um, we've been doing a lot of work and it's been hard work for a while in many different arenas including in resilience work and things are starting to go well and move ahead, and we're seeing a lot of progress and clarity. And so I wanted to note that sometimes when you're in city government, it can feel hard uh, to move forward. And I even hear some of my leadership team use words like soul-crushing, and I hear that sometimes among the ranks. And it is, and <laughs> I want to tell you, it's also not always that difficult at all uh, because we make big improvements and I was wanting us to know that we never really know the result of our impact and I had a great opportunity to learn just today that someone I know quite well made a huge impact in my career did not know that they participated in that event in my life because they were just doing the great work they did every day all the time and it had a huge impact on me that was unknown to that person. So I want to say we're all contributing in big ways. We just don't always know how big they are. The day, the week, the month, the year, or even sometimes the decade, they make the contribution. So Sally Forth, and that concludes my director's report.
2: Thank you for that great report. Uh, We will now take public comment on the executive director's report. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: There are no callers for public comment at this time.
2: Public comment is closed. Commissioner (coughs) Lee. Great
1: report, Um, Elaine. And, you know, it's funny you say that because we do so much things in in the um, public arena, and we just do it. And then you don't know how it affects people because you just do it until so somebody tells you, "Oh, you know, I did." You know, I, you kind of inspired me to do something. So I get what you're saying. So I'm glad you, you know, and you've been doing public service for a long time, and so far. So thank you, thank you for that, and thank you for the port, and thank you for all you guys that sacrifice your free time to be on the port. So
2: thank that's you. all I have to say. Thank you, <laughs> Commissioner Harrington.
4: Thank you. I didn't know there was a Ports Day, so we have to all get (laughs) and put it on my calendar for next year. Um, And the trades fair sounds great. The um, the soul crushing thing. I remember sitting in a finance committee meeting with Supervisor Bierman at the time, and people were getting up and they were just doing what they do to city staff, like your crap and shut up. But I mean, it was just you know, it was one of those like, yeah, you're so used to you just sit there and finally Sue Bierman said, "Why would you treat people this way?" They're just here trying to do their job, and they're trying to do the best they can do, and why would anybody treat them that way? And I thought, hey, yeah. Had, because we were so used to just like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. And it was it was that those
2: small things sometimes really do stick in your brain and make a difference, so thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Great report, <clears throat> and congratulations on a very successful Ports Day and Triggs Career Fair. I think those are um, wonderful opportunities for not only for us to get our name out there and what we're doing, but also encourage others to join us. So thank you for both of those activities. And, yes, we all do so much, and sometimes it's not recognized. And I just want to say how much I appreciate all of the staff here and all the phenomenal work that you do, because we are the we are the front door to economic recovery in San Francisco, and you guys are doing an amazing job. So thank you. And thank you for your leadership, Elaine next item please
0: item 10 is the consent calendar for callers who wish to make public comment on the consent calendar please dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment item 10 a request for retroactive authorization to modify construction contract number 2849 herons head park signage to extend the substantial completion date this is resolution 2411 <coughs> Item 10B requests authorization to award construction contract number 2861, WRP Wharf J9 replacement project, Phase 1, Float and Gangway, to Yerba Buena Engineering and Construction Inc. in the amount of $3,557,380, and authorization for a contract contingency fund of 10% of the contract amount, or $355,738 for a total authorization not to exceed $3,913,118. This is resolution 2412. (laughs) Item 10C requests authorization to accept and expend a $21,582,000 grant from the Port and Freight Infrastructure Program implemented by the California State Transportation Agency for the Maritime Eco-Industrial Complex Improvement Project to fund peer roadway, and utility upgrades, and to develop a plan for mitigating air emissions from the fleet of trucks utilizing port property. This is Resolution 2413.
2: Commissioners, can I ask a motion to approve the consent calendar? Motion to approve the consent calendar. Second. We will now take public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? (coughs) Seeing none, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: There are no callers for public comment at this time.
2: Thank you. Public comment is closed. Um, Commissioner, no? No discussion? No. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Resolution 2411, 2412, and 2413 are adopted.
0: Did we have a motion and a second for that? Yes. Item 11A requests approval of the fiscal year 2024-25 and 2025-26 Biennial Operating and Capital Budget. This is resolution 2414 and for callers who wish to make public comment on this item, please dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment.
8: Good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm Nate Cruz, the Deputy Director of Finance and Administration. I'm here today to request your approval of the Biennial Budget. Both the operating capital sides for 2425 and 2526. I was here three weeks ago with an informational presentation. Uh, today, mostly my presentation focuses on the updates and changes uh, to the staff report and the budget. Uh, but if you have any questions about the overall budget, I'm happy to answer those too. Uh, so, starting with the, the actual uh, quantitative changes, uh, one thing that we caught uh, before we could include it in the last informational item was a homeland security grant. This was awarded to the port in 2021 for a little over hundred thousand dollars. Due to staff turnover and some error at that time, it was never appropriated. Our new security manager has been doing a great job and caught this problem and is very close to securing an extension to get it spent. Uh, Nonetheless, it still needs to be appropriated and so today we're asking your approval to include that money in the budget. Uh, it's intended to be spent on a CCTV upgrade as well as uh, security training. So that is one material change in the budget. Uh, the second change is, you know, among the, the, the many substitutions that we talked about three weeks ago uh, that improve sort of promotive pathways. We identified another gap in our IT division. There we have uh, IT engineers, a number of them supervised by a principal engineer, but there's a gap in the middle uh, of a senior position, and so we're taking one of those uh, engineering positions and turning it into a senior. That'll help meet some of the more complex needs of our infrastructure that continues to get more and more complicated every year, but also create that promoted pathway. So those are the actual quantitative changes in the budget. The rest is more just clarifications and new information. I should mention, uh, for the security grant, there's a new attachment to the staff report. That's the actual grant agreement. That's also subject to your approval today. So some clarifications uh, on the security model. Right, as we discussed last week, we're shifting away from a reliance on contractors to bring in our own in-house security guards. How we landed on that model was kind of an analysis of what what was available and what we could afford. Um, we looked at. Uh, law enforcement models using either off-duty police or uh, retired police and you know that is that's that's the highest quality you get but it it, it costs and for this implementation or this this application is, is probably more than we need and so where we landed was this bring in some in-house guards um, we want them to be permanent port employees so they have a sense of ownership they get familiarity with the with the territory and the properties uh, but at a lower cost and I would you know, I would remind the commission that this is one of the tools that we have to, to, to provide security. We have a very long-standing relationship with the with the police department and that work order. Now we're adding this this new tool of our own security guards, and we'll still have contractors. So we're just giving uh, the security manager more tools to provide the right level of security in the right times. Um, and. Pursuant to one of the requests from the the Commission three weeks ago, we'll also be providing updates on how this implementation is going and what we learn along the way and the changes we need to make, because certainly there will be be some. Uh, Similarly on the parking front, where we're shifting uh, the parking lot model to be in more more alignment with what the MTA does, um, we will be providing regular updates on how that implementation is going, as well as the financial impacts on both the revenue and expense side. because, uh, you know, obviously we're hoping that's a, a good revenue driver for the port, uh, and so we want to make sure we'll highlight those changes as they come in. And then we also provided uh, quite a bit of an additional information, two new attachments. Uh, the first is on the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund, and the second uh, was related to the Resilience Program. So I'll start with the Waterfront Beautification Fund, The Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund. So the new attachment attachment four has two sort of connected tables the table on the top is an expanded version of what was already in the staff report three weeks ago it was really provided to to illustrate what we should have paid to the fund and what we actually paid right there was we got behind uh and are finally catching up by the end of this biennial cycle that's subject to your approval today we will bring down that balance to zero That's what's on the top of this attachment. Those three columns in blue on the left-hand side of the slide, those are new columns. Those weren't included in the original table. We included those just to give you the full picture and the full history of the appropriations and the the past due amounts. Uh, the The new section is this table below. So if above was what we were supposed to appropriate and what we actually appropriated, whoops, sorry. Um, this new section of the slide shows what we did with those appropriations. So the that blue arrow on the right-hand side is indicating so the, the, the connection between the, the top table and the bottom table. The appropriations flow from one table to the next. And the allocations, how we use that money, is the bottom of that lower table. The, the other thing I'd like to highlight here is... <coughs> Towards the bottom right, there's a stack of TAN figures. Those align to what our economic recovery manager presented in January. When she came before you asking for the uh, your approval to release from reserves $10 million that was on reserve at the Board of Supervisors, she also provided some larger context on how we're doing economic recovery at the port. So outside of that $10 million that was on reserve, she also presented $8 million of spending plan from the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund. I just wanted to illustrate how, how what I'm showing you today connects to what uh, Megan Wallace showed you back in January. So that's that's how this attachment uh, works and I hope it provides any detail that you wanted and I'm happy to uh, get you any project level information if you're interested in it. The second attachment uh, has to do with resilience. Um, First, I want to thank you for your patience as we developed this, and I'm sure we'll continue to develop it to make sure it's providing the transparency that we need for the Commission as well as the public. Uh, In my own career, this is the biggest project, but also the earliest project we've tried to report uh, or create reporting templates for, Uh, and because it's early times, obviously these figures are based on our best understanding today, but that's based on very early planning work and conceptual design work. These will change. You know, as we learn more and have better figures, we'll we'll be back. But today, this is this is our best thinking. So, what this table attempts to do is break down the work into s- discrete categories, and those those are the rows, those blue rows. And then, in the vertical columns, is how we're going to pay for those for that work, with what type of funds, and in the year we'll we're going to apply those funds. Uh, just as an illustration, uh, that that top row of port wrp management that's sort of overall program oversight by port staff that includes the management administration that's like contract award you know invoice processing advocating for the the program developing funding strategies obviously a large local match we have to develop um and that's one of these types of, of of work tasks that will continue throughout this program's existence but you can see it'll be paid for by $930,000 of bond funds and then $290,000 of port funds in 24-25 and a roughly similar split the second year. That blue bracket on the left, I really just wanted to put in one category these sort of overarching program level services. These are the types of things that will just exist as long as WRP exists. Um, The difference between the first and the second row that second row, this is program management services. It's still overall program management, but we're envisioning that work to be done by contract. That's why there's that asterisk that says this will be subject to yet a a, a separate future approval uh, when we come back to you to request the advertisement and award of a contract or program management contract. Um, Similar with communications stakeholder engagement, that will be subject to a, a separate contract and subject to your separate approval. So after those top three sort of overarching uh, services or work tasks, the uh, attachment gets more into specific discrete projects. Most of them are early Embarcadero projects. Uh, Draw your attention to on the the Wharf J9 replacement project. This is a good example. (coughs) Where the deliverables from year one to year two, you can see how we're sort of we're envisioning this to progress. Right in year one for the J nine replacement project, we'll finish com- conceptual design and get to thirty five percent design, and then in year two, it goes from sixty five to ninety five to one hundred. That type of you know milestones in each year is intended to give you some you know some measurable outcomes that we had been lacking in prior uh, presentations of, of of this budget data. The last thing I'll point out. And, and I'm here really to kind of present the data and the format of this table. Brad's also here to support me if you have any questions about specific line items. Um, at the bottom of this table, I just want to show, I, I added some color coding to the slide that's not on the attachment. Um, but what we're asking for in the budget today is just the port funds. It's what's in green on this slide. So 1.7 million in year one, 2.6 in year two. The Uh, Amounts that are in yellow have been previously appropriated, so that's the, that's some of the bond funds, which still have some of those left over from the last issuance, as well as the ARPA stimulus money that was appropriated in the last biennial budget. The funding in blue, that's going to come back to you for approval when it's time to issue those bonds. And so, you know, the, the resilience work comes to you in a lot of different times and places. This is an attempt to try to synthesize. The the different ways it comes back in both appropriations but also in contract awards. Uh, And with that uh, I just wanted to give you sort of a sense of the next steps. Uh, We're just entering into discussion with the mayor's budget office what uh, the the contents of our budget will then go to the Board of Supervisors. Once approved we'll come back to you to present any changes that happened in the budget, any material changes. Uh, We'll also uh, start working on publishing our budget book which becomes sort of our uh, reference document for the next two years and we'll circulate that and certainly share copies with you as soon as they are available. And then also what we want to do is start providing more regular updates on capital spending uh, as well as those implementation updates on security and parking. Uh, That concludes my presentation. Thank you, Nate. Thanks.
2: Now let's open it up to public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: There are no callers for public comment at this time.
2: Thank you. Public comment is closed. Commissioner Harrington?
4: Uh, thank you. Um, and thanks very much, Nate. Obviously, we asked a lot of the questions last time, so there's no reason to go into great detail. Thanks for following up on those with the different changes you made to the presentation and also in the in the write-up that we got. Uh, just a couple, kind of one small thing. Um, I was interested when I, when we got the attachment four, and maybe I don't remember what happened in January since I wasn't here, uh, but there was, there was this $4 million for removing red tag facilities, which seemed kind of interesting. I didn't know if somebody could either give me a short explanation of what that is now or just send me something. But I, I was wondering, you know, which facilities those might be and whether they're a big deal or not. It seemed like... A good amount of money to be spending, but I didn't know what it was for. So, you can do it later if you want.
8: Yeah, I think uh, if, okay. if, if, you, if that's okay, I'll get, come back the, with that information.
4: And the only other thing, which is not really budget, but since you gave us attachment six for the WRP spending plan, um, since we're really kind of going from years and years of getting ready to now jumping in, I think it's worth having a broader discussion about how much we do in-house and how much we contract out. And so this has an assumption that a fairly small amount is done in-house a very large amount of program management is outside I think it's worth having that kind of a conversation and seeing if it's the right mix for all time kind of so I'd, I'd appreciate that that's it for me Commissioner Lee
1: <coughs> um, I think um, maybe I can answer that little I'm hoping of that red tag issue <laughs> um, it came up uh, before there's some areas that some of the buildings have been abandoned and uh, there've been some skateboard or whatever people going in there skateboarding on the roof. I think uh, I'm hoping that that money's used to secure those uh, you know, properties, or and there's holes that people could fall in. Um, so I'm hoping that that's what that four million dollars for. Let
7: me Uh-oh. just pause. Is this the grain silos funding?
8: No, it's not specific to the grain okay. silos. It's
7: a different
1: account. Okay. Yeah. So just whatever you know, a red take. Um, On the uh, in-house security, so you you realize that doing, when (laughs) being in the entertainment uh, field, you know, I always, I always love to have in-house security rather than hiring out, only because of control situation. Um, Do you find that you will be able to have more staffing because you're saving money that way, or are you going to have the same amount of security uh, out there? I mean, I know you'll save money by not having retiree in your report, but I'm just curious on on deployment, if you're gonna have extra in house security for that. And and I know that um in some uh other cities and I think this is maybe just a suggestion that we have little information, you know, security booth, you know, that they can get their water and whatnot, but at the same time answer questions to the tourists. Uh and it's also a deterrent, you know, when they're Maybe for some of these uh, illegal vendors, they see that we have a security hut or something kind of in that area. So I don't know if that could be part of the budget, but, you know, I like to see something like that. I think some cities have that. But other than that, um,
9: you know, great budget.
7: Mike's going to come up and make some comments.
9: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Mike Martin, Assistant Port Director. Uh, I work with our security manager, Kyle Thomas, on on this strategy. Um, the, the port employee security guards are really intended for um, off hours, nights and weekends, mm-hmm. so that we have a port employee on scene that can interact with law enforcement, can interact with maintenance, can make sure that uh, sites are secure. Right. Uh, we Right now, we use contracted for security from that, and it's, it's kind of hit or miss. So it's not so much an augmentation as it is a confidence level that we'll have that kind of response time since so many of our things happen in off hours. Um, Definitely hear you on the interactions with the public. We're actually looking to use ambassadors for that. Uh, We have some already contracted under our Fisherman's Wharf grant, but we also tried out a bunch of them from the Union Square group and the PD group over APEC. And we're going to use those more and more. And that's already sort of baked into the budget and, and the relationships that Kyle has grown.
1: Are they in a uniform?
9: Uh, they have it's it's sort of distinctive ambassador garb. Um, okay. I think you've seen them around. I've seen them around the city, city and ones, Square. right? The yes, ones. And that's yes, okay. exactly right. Yeah. But that'll be more uh, surge, more than day to day. But um, we certainly, as we're doing, uh, hope, hoping to change some of the momentum on vending in Fisherman's Wharf. We may see them more up there as we as we try to deploy not only ambassadors but enforcement personnel.
1: Now the ambassadors are just there to walk and secure and maybe um, people that need um, medical attention or whatever. But but nothing for the illegal vendors or anything like that. No,
9: no I, that would be a different strategy and we're working with public works as, along with our law enforcement detail to sort of understand how that strategy will sort of mesh with the ambassadors, which you're right are more um, uh, uh, speaking with visitors, 311 calls, things like that that are, are a little less um, law enforcement directed or vending enforcement directed. But they will call it in yes. and they see yes, it. Yes, so there's okay. definitely a communications aspect, right. another pair of eyes, but it's less direct, uh, directly affecting that behavior. Okay.
2: Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Nate, thank you so much for the presentation. Thank you for all the work you did to include the WRP spending plan yeah. and the clarification of the beautification funds. Um, It made it much clearer and easier to understand, so thank you. And I also look forward to the uh, security and parking updates and know that both are going to be extremely successful. So thank you. I move
4: approval of the budget.
2: Why, thank you.
1: Second.
2: All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. Resolution 2414 is adopted.
0: Item 12A is an informational presentation to consider and possible action to approve a resolution recommending the Board of Supervisors waive any applicable requirements of the competitive bidding process with respect to a new 18-month lease with Skystar Wheel LLC and presentation of terms for the proposed new lease. This is resolution 2415. For callers who wish to make public comments on this item, Please dial star three to raise your hand to comment.
10: Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Don Cavanaugh, the senior property manager for Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, I'll be presenting our uh, recommendations and uh, possible action for extending the SkyStar Wheel. I'll present some background. I'll present our results of the analysis of the competitive bidding process, public feedback, and some. Uh, these terms so I'll start now uh, a little background is that you know the port was approached in the summer of 2023 about relocating the Sky Star Wheel Golden Gate Park to Fisherman's Wharf uh, we all thought that was a good idea and worked very hard uh, to get them in place by APEC uh, which we did under a special event license that license was limited to a six-month term uh, because that's all BCDC would be able to give us for a special event license. So that license expires April 30th of this year, and we're looking to extend that term for another 18 months. Uh, with the uh, waiver of competitive bidding, um, essentially what I determined was that there are no realistic competitors out there. What happened? Oh. Thank you, <laughs> whoever advanced my slides. <laughs> uh, uh, so where was I? Oh, uh, in my analysis of, or due diligence of these SkyStar wheels, I discovered there are no real competitors other than the, the SkyStar operator we're working with. There was a development company in St. Louis that had a couple of wheels, um, but those uh, those wheels were provided by our principal. So. But that, they're no longer developing and so they're not competition. Um, if we were to go to market and try to get a, a SkyStar through a competitive bidding process, it would take 18 months to, and cost $10 million. And so I didn't think there were many competitors for investing $10 million that had an 18-month return horizon. Um, and. And further, we want to we want to extend the license or the uh, term of the lease, so we don't end up with a with a shutdown at the end of the special event license, which is a distinct possibility. So, as a result of all of that, we we felt that going out at a competitive bidding process would not result in a favorable response, would take a lot of time, and uh, not achieve the goals that we're looking for. for and so, for those reasons, we're looking for uh, a waiver of the competitive bidding process. We also engaged in extensive community engagement. We went to the fish whack. Uh, we received yeah, yeah, so. And we received uh, 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 very favorable results from members of the fish whack. Only one person mentioned something about traffic but she couched that as a routine problem, not a problem generated by Skystar. Uh, We also received feedback from the community in the form of messages from public. Uh, The primary issue was that the lights were disruptive. They had colors and movement. Uh, We we came up with a plan to only allow uh, white lights facing the city um, I came to learn that the wheel can only support one color of light, so both sides are white, um, and there's no uh, decorative displays. So, it's, you know, and so that addressed the color part of it, but there were still people that were concerned about it went a little over 10 p.m. or there were colors in the lights. For example, uh, last weekend they used a red light for Chinese New Year, but that induced a comment. <laughs> Um, so, we've set this up in a way to, to handle these. I'm now the, the uh, primary focus for people that complain. I'm working with the SkyStar operator to uh, uh, immediately address the complaints, and we had an example today. So, I, I think that's working. Um, there's other things. The SkyStar we will need to put a number or email address where people can actually send comments directly to them. Uh, and so we're, we're keeping track of that. And so far, I think the, the, the lighting issue is, is now resolved. I, but on the other hand, I don't think we're ever going to improve, make everyone happy. So vast majority of the people were supported through the community engagement of extending the license, or the, the term. So the, the financial aspects of the lease are, are quite similar to what the uh, special event Uh, license has we're extending the term to October 31st 2025 Uh, the base rent stays the same but we're gonna bump it at the one-year anniversary uh, of the of the um, of the term Uh, they're gonna continue to pay five percent percentage rent Uh, we're allowing the operator to um, increase rates as, as they see fit and we adjusted the complimentary ticket policy just a little bit to remove two-for-one tickets on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because nobody took advantage of that. And the operator and I think they reach the targeted demographic through the complimentary tickets, the 500 tickets that they distribute every month. So, and we're adding a provision in, into the into the lease that will control the lighting. So the next steps. We wel- I welcome comments um, and thoughts, and I'm gonna re- I am going recommend the port staff, we recommend that the commission adopt the resolution to waive the competitive bidding process, conditionally approve the proposed lease terms, and then direct port staff to seek board of approval uh, for the waiver of the competitive bidding. That's my presentation.
2: Thank you, Don. We will now open it up for public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: There are no callers for public comment at this time.
2: Thank you. Public comment is closed. Commissioner Lee.
1: Um, Well, of course I love this sky wheel thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I'm just curious, a couple things. Um, Since it's been up, and I know it's been drawing traffic, did you, um, on the real estate side, you have a little bit more interest in renting empty spaces down there now? Do you feel any kind of
10: motivation that maybe there's some hope uh, of? Well, I I, I I can't draw just a direct line to, to more demand for restaurant space, but I can say the number of traffic, the the visitors has increased since the Skystar wheel has been there and uh, The the neighboring restaurants and other businesses have said they've seen an increase in traffic so I think as Part of a leasing process the Skystar wheel that brings more people to the wharf than before Will be a draw for people to lease space. All right. okay,
1: um, and then since there's only really one operator owner
10: of this wheel what
1: happens, and it's only 18 months at a time. What happens if some entrepreneur says, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to get in there and build me a wheel." And now, what happens in that case? In eight, do we then do we have to go back to competitive bidding again, or is this a one shot deal where we waive the competitive bidding now because there is no, no competition? But who knows later that some entrepreneur makes some kind of different kind of sky wheel or something I'm just curious and plus I know that there's some proposal of building something on this lot because I would love to see it somewhere else but I don't know where we could put it
10: yeah. <laughs> um, so these are I mean these are way out questions well I think the one of the things we have to consider is the asset, uh, Fisherman's Wharf revitalized is is the company that has presented a uh, we're now under a mm-hmm. negotiation exclusive negotiating agreement with them so the term was limited because of that possibility of proceeding uh, mm-hmm. we didn't we're not going to offer a holdover or an extension option but at the end of the term maybe the fisherman's Wharf revitalized will partnership with the wheel. Oh, i see could you be know, part of their plan yeah okay but, you know we have to be cognizant that this larger project is in play right. and we don't want to have the sky star wheel somehow impact that project. So that's why it's limited to 18 months. I see. But if at the end of the term, if the, if the conditions are right, you know, there's no reason why we couldn't go out again. But we would have to revisit this every 18 months. Well, depending on the term, it's not, you know, 18 months is restricted by the SF revitalized plan. Right. But if for some reason that doesn't come to fruition, I don't think we'd have the same limits. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Don. Um, great presentation. So just for clarification. Well, first, how is it going?
10: Oh, it's doing well. Do people doing enjoy well. it? It's doing well. I have statistics related to that. Um.
7: People love it. People, <laughs> people love are really it. enjoying it. We're getting great feedback. Um, and now give the statistics. I did, I did a, pre, a preamble.
10: <laughs> Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> So in December there were 39,000 passengers that rode the wheel. That's a 165% increase over the riders a year ago when the Golden wheel as it was at Golden Gate Park. January dipped from seasonality to 28,000 visitors, but even that was 120% over what was um, what they did in January of 23 at Golden Gate Park.
11: That's
10: Um, great. So, there's one other sort of subtlety this is that the the Skystar is paying both base rent and percentage rent combined. It's not percentage rent over base. So, you know, we have a pretty good financial structure there. Um, And so, we're, you know, I think the Skystar wheel has been a net positive financially for the Fisherman's Wharf.
2: That's great. Thank you. And the lights. They have to remain white all the time now or just at night?
7: It's actually as light as the pri- white as the primary color, but they uh, can have another primary color for uh, festivals or other purposes. So an orange, all orange, all red. The main issue was multiple lights going together in sort of uh, various nice. patterns um, was difficult uh, for some of the residential, for, for some of the residents. Um, and so the all-white has been well received. Yep. Uh, but all any other color too has, but it's a celebratory right. essentially.
10: It could be for like it was for Chinese New Year last weekend. You know, if the 49ers won, they might have put orange. You know, it's it's those limited sort of events, and it's right. not a recurring, not a regular thing.
2: So no multi-color flashing lights, correct. only solid <laughs> colors all the time. That's correct. correct. Got it. Got it. And and. Timing of the lights, do they have to turn them off at a certain time? 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. 10 p.m.
10: Okay, they had p. some programming issues that they worked through that made them stay on a little bit longer, uh, which we immediately heard about. So, uh, you know, that's a, you know, primary focus is to make sure the lights go off at 10 p.m. Great,
2: thank you. Hopefully, everybody's happy and satisfied.
10: Um, just one comment,
4: sure. <laughs> um, I'm gonna vote for this and I realize people are big fans of this, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it just adds to the carny atmosphere of Fisherman's Wharf. And oh, I would hope that in eighteen months we can do better. So I'm hoping either the revitalizer will come up with a better idea or that we go out and do something different because I'm I am I'm, I'm hmm. not a fan.
10: So you wouldn't be in favor of a carnival style. I would not wheel. be in favor of, <laughs> of, of
4: Carnival Fisherman's Wharf. It's just adds <laughs> to yeah, But Thank I do you. get other people like it and it's making money and there's nothing else being done right there now. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine, I'm voting for it. I also think you know the uh, Raving competitive bidding is fine for this purpose. Mm-hmm. But thank you. I would hate to see this being the long-term
10: view of we what Fisherman's Wharf could be like. We can do better. We'll, we'll um, keep that in mind. Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: We have bigger and better plans I hope so. Mm-hmm. Any other comments or
12: questions? We have a motion and, and a second. Excuse me. Oh, I'm, and we so, have a amendment. I'm um, Michelle Sexton with the City Attorney's Office. I inadvertently, when was preparing the resolution, forgot to include the secret provisions and so I need to amend the resolution and add a couple of whereas clauses will I'm going to read them out loud um, with your approval um, if you would accept them so we're adding a fifth whereas clause whereas addendum two to the environmental impact report planning department project case number 2023009039 ENB dated October 30th 2023 addendum 2. Analyze the relocation to and operation of the wheel in Fisherman's Wharf based on the waterfront plan final environmental impact report. Planning department case number 2019 023 037 ENV that was certified on March 16, 2023 and defined as the FEIR and, and identified the following mitigation measures to be potentially applicable to relocation and operation of the wheel in CR2A. Procedures for Accidental Discovery of Archaeological Resources for Projects Involving Soil Disturbance, MCR2B, Archaeological Monitoring Program, MCR2C, Archaeological Testing Program, MCR2D, Treatment of Submerged and Deeply Buried Resources, and Mitigation Measure, MAQ4C. Best Available Control Technology for Projects with Diesel Generators and Fire Pumps, each as further described in the FEIR. And collectively the mitigation measures under California Environmental Quality Act, California Public Resources Code sections 21,000, et cetera, and adding another whereas as new after whereas seven, whereas the lease allows a temporary continuation of the existing use of the site with the same maximum intensity of use and is therefore within the scope of the project evaluated in Addendum Number Two and resolved, a new first resolved. That the Port Commission adopts the findings and conclusions in Addendum 2 and adopts the mitigation measures identified in the FEIR and Addendum 2 as conditions of this approval action and be it further resolved. That resolved remains the same, but we're going to add in be it further. And then we had one little error in the last resolve um, to the last sect. I'll just read the whole resolved. Resolved upon approval of the waiver by the Port Commission Board of Supervisors, Port staff shall be pre- shall proceed to execute a lease with substantially the same terms and under the authority set forth in the staff report accompanying this resolution. And that concludes my com- my res- revisions.
4: I would like to move approval of the amendments and the and the resolution as amended, if I can do it in one motion. Yes.
1: yes. I second that.
2: Thank you. All in favor? Aye. Aye. The resolution passes unanimously. Resolution 2415 is adopted. Next item, please.
0: Item 13A is an informational presentation and possible action to approve an artwork proposal by artist Ana Teresa Fernandez for installation at Cruise Terminal Plaza, located adjacent to the Pier 27 James R. Herman Cruise Terminal, as recommended by the San Francisco Arts Commission Artist Review Panel, and funded by the 2012 Parks General Obligation Bond, and to authorize the port's executive director to enter into a memorandum of understanding with the Arts Commission for the fabrication, installation, maintenance, and liability for the selected artwork to be a part of the city's civic art collection. This is resolution 2416, and for callers who wish to make public comments on this item, please dial star three to raise your hand to comment.
13: Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Ryan Walsom and I'm a planner in the Fort's Planning and Environment Division. Um, as you may recall, um, myself, along with the Arts Commission staff, were here in July and presented the three um, artist proposals. The three artists, sorry. Um, after we saw you guys last, the, the top three artists were then, um, they went to work on putting proposals together for the Pier 27 Cruise Terminal Plaza. And um, after the proposals were were done, um, there was a, a panel that reconvened in December that selected a final um, piece of artwork and artist, and that went before the uh, no- Northern Advisory Committee in mid-January, and now we're here before you today, and um, just wanted to say those few little tidbits and highlights before I pass it over to the Arts Commission to kind of give you more of an informational overview and then you and impossible action on the uh, art proposal. With that, Marcus Thank Davies. You. Thank
14: you. Hi, good afternoon everyone. Um, and thanks for inviting me to present uh, progress to date on the Pier 27 Cruise Terminal Plaza public art project. Just as a brief uh, recap, the Arts Commission began work with the port in 2022 to commission an artwork for the James R. Herman Cruise Terminal Plaza at Pier 27. Located on the northern waterfront at the Embarcadero between Chestnut and Lombard Streets, the terminal and plaza was built in 2014 to host cruise ships year-round and double as an indoor-outdoor event center on non-cruise days. The terminal plaza is open to the public and accessible by transit on foot and by vehicle. In collaboration with the Port and Bay Conservation and Development Commission, the pedestrian entrance to the plaza south of the existing historic Beltline building is identified as the Preferred Public Art Zone. You see that uh, outlined with the dotted circle there. This zone offers visibility from the cruise terminal and its ships, the Embarcadero sidewalks, and the roadway beyond. The artwork within this zone will contribute to the transit experience of cruise terminal passengers and the future activation of the Beltline building. Its location also allows for a bold visual statement while maintaining views through the plaza to bay vistas beyond. At the outset of the project planning, goals were developed with the port in keeping with Bay Conservation and Development Commission policies. These goals were highlighted in the approved public art project plan, RFQ, and all phases of the proposal development and the selection panel process. As the artwork will eventually be accessioned by the Arts Commission, the project goals also align with those of the Civic Art Collection. Fundamentally, the Civic Art Collection contributes to and promotes a rich, diverse, and stimulating cultural environment reflective of the city's values. The total art enrichment amount for the project is $330,000. The art implementation budget is $136,000, inclusive of all artist fees, as well as associated expenses for artwork design, fabrication, insurance, and transportation. The allocation for anticipated site work and installation of the artwork itself is $60,600, and a set aside for long-term conservation and artwork maintenance is 33000 The RFQ was issued on October 20th, 2022, and extended to January 13th um, of 2023 to accommodate the the end-of-the-year holidays and allow for additional outreach through the distribution channels that are shown in this slide. At the close of the RFQ, we received a total of 144 applicants, with 91 California-based applicants 58 Bay Area-based applicants, 34 San Francisco-based applicants, and overall 57 applicants identifying as BIPOC, which was a voluntary demographic field in the application process. Just a few notes on our extensive uh, artist selection process, just an overview. An artist qualification panel consisting of arts professionals and an arts commission staff member reviewed the applications and identified 28 artists to be advanced to an artist review panel consisting of port, BCDC, and community representatives. Uh, The terminal project architect, arts professionals, and an arts commissioner. The review panel identified three artist finalists to develop site-specific proposals for considerations. Uh, The three finalists, David Brooks, Ana Teresa Fernandez, and James Shen, met with the project team on-site for an artist orientation and were given time to develop site-specific conceptual proposals. The proposals were displayed for three weeks in the public lobby of the Port offices at Pier 1. They were posted on the Arts Commission's website and social media and emailed to the Arts Commission's extensive mailing list. Opportunity for public comment was provided via a QR code included in all communications and all comments received were made available to the review panel. The artist review panel reconvened to consider the artist's proposals in an interview format and recommended Ana Teresa's proposal for approval by the Arts Commission on January 5th. And on January 17th, a project update including Ana Teresa's proposal was presented to the Port Northern Advisory Committee. So that brings us up to date here. Um, And I just wanted to include a few notes on Ana Teresa's artwork, her practice, um, in her own words. Ana Teresa Fernandez is an artist of fluencies, a student of linguistics, she speaks five languages. An artist of border erasure, erasure, she elevates the intersectionality of place, person, and politics to create a common human vernacular. Time-based actions and social gestures are her syntax, land, history, gender, climate, and culture are her subjects. Performance, video, photography, painting, and sculpture become her tools of grammar. Born in Tampico, Mexico, Fernandez grew up in California and makes her home in San Francisco. She's created residencies and public work in Haiti, Brazil, Spain, South Africa, Cuba, and Mexico, and throughout the United States. Major public projects include On the Horizon. Which you see here, which was featured in the 2021 Land's End exibi- uh, uh, Exhibition organized by the Foresight Foundation. And she's currently engaged with the city of Napa in creating a permanent art piece to be installed in 2024. Ana Teresa's work is included in the permanent collections of the Fine Art Museums of San Francisco, the Indi- Indianapolis Museum of Art, the Denver Art Museum, the Nevada Museum of Art, the National Museum of Mexican Art in Chicago, the Cheech Marin Center for Chicano Art uh, in Riverside, and the Cottist Art Foundation in San Francisco in Paris. Anna Teresa lives and surfs in the Outer Sunset, has a studio in the Bayview, and is deeply connected to the project site through her love of the ocean. Honor Teresa's selected proposal for Pier 27 is an artwork made of colored polycarbonate panels framed by steel tubing. This is a rendering uh, by the artist. Uh, The title, Mareas, meaning tides, captures changing light, color, and reflected form as projected across the plaza in changing light and weather throughout the day. Its colors and form recall rainbows, water, and light at sea, and the uh, the piece offers contrast to the scale and dominance of nearby architectural features. It offers a welcome to cruise passengers and passers-by alike, and invites interaction and association as a unique landmark along the city's waterfront. As proposed, the arch will stand almost 15 feet high, 24 feet wide, and 7 feet across. It will be made from architectural materials used in muni shelters, that's the polycarbonate, which offers similar structural integrity and durability. Ana Teresa has met with the Arts Commission to review her (coughs) proposed materials in light of the site's unique environmental requirements and she will be further developing the structure's form and construction through upcoming design development once under contract. Vandalism abatement methods are also being actively reviewed by the Arts Commission and artist, as the Arts Commission will be responsible for the care of the sculpture with assistance from the port in providing non-specialized cleaning services such as power washing as needed. Future maintenance protocols will be detailed in an MOU as agreed upon by both agencies in twenty twenty in a twenty twenty two work order agreement. Vandalism abatement methods are also under current active review uh, by the art and the arts commission. As the arts commission, oops, sorry, just a repeat of that information. Um, apologies. As for anticipated next steps, following Port Commission approval, I expect to have the artist under contract in March, with her design phase to carry into September. Fabrication will take place through May and June of 2025. Installation will occur following final inspections in July 2025, and conservation care of the artwork will be ongoing as required. So I don't know if anybody has any questions. I'm happy to do my best to answer them.
2: Thank you so much. Absolutely.
14: Okay. We're
13: going to do one oh, quick closing slide okay. We'll get back to everyone. Um, so for the recommendation. Um, we're recommending the port commission to consider and take possible action to approve the proposed artwork by Ms. Fernandez and the attached resolution. And as um, he outlined some next steps, but in addition to that, we're gonna port staff to prepare an MOU uh, for the port executive director to enter with the arts commission for the fabrication, installation, maintenance, insurance and liability for, for the proposed artwork. And then uh, we will continue to work with SFAC staff this spring on the design and development of our proposal. Uh, prior to installation in mid 2025. Um, so if you have any questions I'll please direct them to either me or Marcus. Thank you. Thank you so much. I p- Really appreciate the report.
2: We'll now open it up to public comment. I first need a motion.
4: I move approval of the artwork proposal and also authorizing the port's executive director to enter into
2: an MOU with the Arts Commission. Second. Now we'll open it up to public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, do we have anyone on the phone?
3: There are no callers for public comment at this time.
2: Thank you so much. Public comment is closed. Commissioner Harrington. Thanks very much. Um,
4: I love this piece. I think it'll be great. It'll be a very nice addition to the port, so thanks very much for all the work that went into it. Okay. I also really like Ms. Fernandez's personal story, and it's nice to think that we're giving this work to a young white back artist who lives in San Francisco. So I have no questions all about this. I do have a question, though. Um, by the time you get through all those different people and you're down to the, the three finalists, mm-hmm. those folks end up having to put quite a bit of work into finalizing their proposals. Do we ever offer anything to the, those that don't get it, so that, the, those, so that at least we reimburse the other two that were finalists for the work that they had done?
14: Certainly, and that's a great question. Yes, all artists were paid an honorarium for okay. the time and, and effort in the proposal development phase. That's great. Thanks yeah. very much. That's and all. Have. Make sure that there's parity and equity across the board in that regard. Yeah. Good question.
2: Thank you, mm-hmm. Commissioner Lee.
14: Um,
1: no questions, really. Um, I, I wish she was here. I kind of, my wife's an artist, so I hear concepts all the time. I, you know, this is a very interesting uh, thing with the with the lights changing, and the you know. So I just kind of like to hear from her, but it's good. Thank you so much.
2: This is a great presentation, and I really appreciate all the effort that was put into selecting this artist. It's a beautiful piece, and we look forward to the installation. Is this a long term installation? Is it?
14: This would be co- com- commissioned as a as a permanent art artwork, yeah, over its anticipated lifespan.
2: And what do we think that is?
14: That's uh, per our typical contracts, that's 35 years nice. of an anticipated lifespan. Well, that's, that's an average.
2: Great. Thank you. That's all my questions. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Resolution twenty four sixteen is adopted.
0: Jenica, next item please. Item Thank, four you. Four. Thank you. Thank you very much. Item fourteen is new business.
7: I have recorded that we will research and, and get back on the legislation related to the storage uh, containers that Mr. Sitnik called in about, and I also have that we will come back to talk about the right um, design in terms of contracting in and using staff work on the waterfront resilience program, and we also will um, continue to endeavor on the unlicensed spending situation. Are there, Is there any business?
4: The first item, did you say storage or propane?
7: I was struggling with that. <laughs> Pro- propane. Okay. I think it's propane tanks. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Thanks.
2: Any other new business? Mm-mm. If there's no other new business, can I have a motion to adjourn?
1: I move we adjourn. Second.
2: All in favor? Aye. Aye. We are adjourned. Thank you. At 4.28 p.m. Thank you, everyone. Great meeting.